Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sibling Grief, The Forgotten Ones. My name is Carly, for those of you that might be joining for the first time. So this episode is definitely probably going to be one of the more challenging ones I will ever do. Um, to be honest, I would love to push off doing it um, at a later time, but I feel like it's really important for me to share the story of what happened to my brother with you guys from the start. So you have an idea of, you know, how old I was when it happened and what exactly did happen. And I think it'll make a lot of the things that I talk about in the future make more sense when you know that story. So before I get too far into it, I just want to tell you a little bit of background information. So um, my brother Chase, he was born May 20th of 1988. And shortly after he was born, it was clear that something was wrong. Um, it turns out Chase had transposition of the great arteries. So basically, his heart was working backward. Over the next few years, he ended up having two open heart surgeries and three closed heart surgeries. And um, he was on about seven medications a day, all to help with his heart complications. And uh, we would actually go to Mayo Clinic um, every six months for checkups. And there was many times throughout his life where he had to wear a heart monitor he had restrictions, so he could not participate in sports. Um, he was not able to lift over 30 pounds. So those were definitely some things that, you know, were hard for him as a high school kid um, to not be able to do what everybody else in his class was doing. But he had a really great attitude about things. And um, I kind of always looked up to him when it came to that because, you know, I was perfectly healthy and I could play sports and, uh, he was my biggest fan. Like he was at all of my games yelling constantly. Um, uh, but don't get me wrong. We fought like brother and sister all the time. You know, we fought over who got the computer. We fought over who got the front seat of, you know, the truck. It was a very normal, like brother, sister relationship as far as that went. But, you know, I was 14 at the time he passed away. He was 17 and we're just getting to that age where I feel like our relationship was turning into more of a like a adult feel to it instead of so like you know picking on each other and things like that um and that's definitely something like looking back you know i i miss what it was about to become in a way there's so many wonderful childhood memories i can think of when it comes to chase just his love for farming and I know I already said this, but his love of family, he loved sports. He loved the Iowa State Cyclones. Um, he was such a ladies' man. I swear he had so many girlfriends. He was always sending them emails or AOL instant messaging them. Or My mom had to buy so much gum because every day at school, I know he would give out pieces of gum to the girls all the time. That was his go-to move. Or he would show off all the cool gel pins he had. Um, so many things that uh, just come to mind when I think of Chase. And, you know, I, I think most people looked at him like, hey, this is just a normal kid. You know, he had his shirt that covered his scar. Um, but it was a really big scar. You know, he had, like I said, he had two open heart surgeries. And, um, you know, I was always under the impression that someday he would have to have a heart transplant. In January of 2005, we went up to Mayo Clinic and Chase had his regular checkup that he would have every six months and um, the report came back really good. It wasn't that his heart was magically healed. Um, 
they just hadn't seen a lot of changes. And so they actually told us we wouldn't have to come back for another year. And that was the first time that we were going to go that long without having to go back up there. Now to fast forward, uh, October 5th, 2005, we woke up, went to school, came home from school. We knew we had a large task to complete that night. Um, our church would always put on an annual church supper. Uh, most of my family members all attend this church, so it's kind of like a family gathering, plus other people um, in the community that went to the church as well. But basically, we would put a big meal on, have a bake sale, um, just a church fundraiser, and people from the community would come. You know, we would serve them food. We'd do the dishes, the whole works. And just to insert a quick story, I remember when Chase was getting ready, um, you know, we had to dress up a little bit for the church event. And he put on his K-Swiss shoes and his khaki pants, and he put on a really nice dress shirt. And at our high school, on game days, the football players would always have to dress up. And Chase loved dressing up. He loved looking good. And I will never forget, he was standing in the hallway, and he was looking in the mirror, and he said, if I could play sports, this is what I would wear on game days. And... Looking back, like, I'll never forget that because it was just like this moment where you knew he wanted to just be like every other kid. He wanted to be able to be on that football team and get dressed up and be right alongside the rest of the guys. And I'll just never forget him saying that that night. So we were helping with that. And we also would get to take a couple breaks throughout the night and go play in the yard, toss a football around. And I know I said my brother couldn't play sports, but he was still allowed to like shoot hoops or, you know, toss a football. He just couldn't exert himself for long periods of time. So um, after a while, the church supper really kind of wound down and it was mainly just cleanup. And my cousins and Chase and I decided we wanted to go to my parents' place and play PlayStation 2. We wanted to get out of there early. Um, but, of course, we told our parents it was because we wanted to go do homework, right? Got to get those good grades. And so um, they said that was okay. And so myself and my two cousins, we went out um, of the church, and we went and got into the truck, and it was pouring down rain, and it's dark out at this point. And Chase was still inside. I'm not sure what he was doing. So we're, we're just sitting out in the truck waiting on him. And pretty soon I saw Chase running out to the truck and we're parked out in the grass. And right before he got to the truck, he collapsed. And honestly, my first thought was that he slipped on the grass because it was wet. But I got out of the truck as fast as I could. And I ran up to him and I said, Chase, are you okay? And as soon as I looked at him, I could tell that his, his eyes were rolled back in his head and he couldn't respond. And so I went sprinting to the church, screaming for my parents. And before you know it, it was, it was such a mess because there was so much family at the church was like, which is such a blessing and a curse all at the same time. But my dad and my aunt were performing CPR on him and the neighbors had brought over a tarp and keep in mind it's pouring down rain and so people are holding this tarp over him while they're doing CPR and obviously we'd called for an ambulance and a helicopter was on the way and I just remember you know 
when the EMTs got there, they were like asking my mom all the different medications he was on and she knew them by heart, but we were all so shook up. Like she couldn't, she couldn't remember them. And my cousins, like we were all freaking out. And like, I remember in that moment thinking like, you know, I'm not going to go to school tomorrow. I'm going to skip school. I'm going to stay at the hospital with Chase. And, you know, I, I knew it was his heart, but I didn't really know what that meant. But I just, in my head, I just thought he's going to be fine. Like it's going to be okay. And I just remember, I, I could barely speak. I just remember I kept saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, and eventually once the ambulance got there, um, my mom was so shook up and they were going to take Chase in the helicopter. But so they were going to take my mom in the ambulance because she wasn't doing well, just, you know, trying to understand the situation that was going on. And so they told me to get in the front seat of the ambulance to ride with her and to describe how shook up I was about what was happening and like the adrenaline that goes through your body when you're put in a moment like that. I opened like 10 different compartments on the side of that ambulance before I figured out what was the door handle to sit in the front. And I remember being embarrassed in that moment that I couldn't figure it out. So eventually, you know, the helicopter takes chase and mom and I get in the ambulance and be honest with you, I don't even know years later how my dad got to the hospital, but eventually, you know, we're all at the hospital and my parents and I are in a room and the doctors come in and they said we worked on him for 40 minutes but his heart just couldn't hold a beat and at that point I just I remember I just dropped to the ground and I lost it just moments before that I'd been trying to call some of my best friends so that they could start a prayer chain so everyone could be praying for him and um Shortly after, we um, we went in the room where they had him, and it was honestly like a scene out of a movie. He was laying on a table with a white sheet covering all of him except for his face, and there was a bag of clothes, um, all the clothes that they had cut off of him, and um, I remember while we were in there, um, his cell phone that was in his pocket started ringing because him and his cousin had been calling these girls that they had crushes on earlier in the night. And one of them was calling him back. And I just remember looking at him laying there and thinking like, this can't be my life. Like this is only something I see on the TV show ER or Grey's Anatomy. This is not my life. And I'll, I'll never forget when my grandpa came in the room and he saw Chase lying there. My grandpa said, it should have been me. And I will never forget him saying that. The rest of the night, it's all such a blur. I was, I, my cousin was by my side all night. I remember sitting in the hallway, like eating chips of ice with her and I barely remember like leaving the hospital, but I remember waking up the next day 
And I don't think I, like, even, like, really knew, like, that it was a reality until I walked out in the living room. And I saw everybody crying. And then it, it hit me again. And I instantly went to my bedroom. And I got out a notepad. And I started writing down everything that I knew about Chase. And I don't know if I thought I would forget or what. But I still have the notepad. I just have this list of things that Chase liked. And, you know, so much of it. I remember, and then there's so many parts that I feel like I don't remember. But the way in which Chase passed away is such a bittersweet thing when I think about it because he spent that night like helping other people, you know, serving the Lord, like feeding these guests that came. He was surrounded by family, and it happened in the yard of our church of all places. And he was actually carrying his football when he fell. And so I've kind of always referred to it as like his touchdown into heaven. And I still go to that church and it is hard. It's hard to drive by that spot every time. But I honestly don't know if you could pick a better place. And I'm just, I'm really grateful that I decided to share this story with you guys, even though it's extremely difficult, um, because I just want to help people. And sharing this episode definitely is difficult for me, um, especially when it comes to people I know that might be listening to this, because sometimes I have this fear that, oh, like Carly Martin, she still talks about her brother a lot. Like maybe she can't live her life and like maybe she cries about him every day. First off, I don't cry about him every day. <laughs> In fact, I probably don't cry enough about him, but I believe that my ability to talk about what happened to him and share his story is the thing that has allowed me to live my life um, and live my life not only for myself, but to honor him as well. I remember, you know, the day after it happened, the first thing I honestly wanted to do was go to the school, not to go to school, but to be there for everybody else. We went to a really small high school. There wasn't a single kid that didn't know who Chase Martin was. And I remember when I got there, the the whole hallway was just littered with, with pictures that people had drawn for him. And his locker was just covered with poems that people had wrote. And I remember walking into my history teacher, um, his classroom, and all my teammates were in there. And I don't even know if we said a single word. We just had a huge group hug and we just all cried together. And I think for me, like, I needed to see them just as much as they needed to see me. And of course, you know, back at the house, you, you know, everybody brings you food when you're grieving. And the last thing you want to do is eat. Um, but everybody means well when they do those things. And, you know, so much of our family was packed into the house and, it's just, it's odd, like, thinking back some of the things that I did in that moment, you know. I I sat down with some of my little second cousins, and I got on the computer, and I said, hey, if you guys want to write a letter to Chase, I'll type it out. So I sat at the computer, and, you know, these 
seven and nine and, you know, five-year-old kids told me what they wanted to say to Chase and I typed them out and I printed them off for them. And, um, you know, the days leading up to the visitation, obviously picture boards, things like that. And the thing that I remember most about the visitation and my parents would say the same thing was until you've had a significant loss in your life, you assume that a visitation is all about people being there to make you feel better. But when, when it is a young person, every person that came through that line to hug us, they needed the hug from us just as much as we needed the hug from them. And I remember I cried so many tears that day that by the end of the day, I literally felt like I was crying, but my body was out of tears. Like there was no more tears left to leave my body. And, you know, I think around 800 people came to the visitation and we had his funeral at the high school um, in the gym. And there's a, a lot of it that I do and don't remember. And... I, I just remember a specific part when we played the song Live Like You Were Dying by Tim McGraw. He loved Tim McGraw. He loved country music. And as we were playing that song, I remember I looked up at one point and every single head was down in the gym. Everybody's hands, you know, face they had on their hands and everybody. It's just not something like you ever think is going to be part of your life. You don't think it's something you're ever going to experience. And, you know, it's a traumatic situation. Like, it's true that you block out parts of it. Um, to be honest with you, I don't really remember anything about his burial. I really don't. I kind of remember getting in the vehicle to go there. But other than that, I don't remember the burial at all. On behalf of my parents and I, you know, if you're somebody that's listening to this podcast that knew Chase, knows our family, I sincerely just want to thank all of you that were there for us during that time and that are still there for us. Um, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for his classmates. Um, so many of you were so good to him. And, you know, you still wear the bracelets that we have for Chase that we had made. And that really means a lot to our family. Um, as I mentioned in, you know, the first episode, I want his memory to be kept alive. There's no reason we shouldn't be sharing memories about people we loved. And so I'm just really grateful that you guys still think about him and think about um, my family and I when it comes to Chase. So thank you so much. To finish off this episode, I would like to read to you the letter um, that I wrote to my brother that my uncle read for me at his funeral. Chase, I love you. I'm so sorry for all the times we fought. I love you so much, and you are the best brother in the world to me. You couldn't be replaced. Your beating me up as we grew up made me tough, and I just want to thank you for that. I don't know what to do. I can't stop thinking about you. The tears won't stop. Everyone at school is a wreck and they decorated your locker and wrote you poems and colored you pictures because they love you so much. Mom and dad are so sad too. 
This is the first time I've ever seen dad cry in a long time. You're in a better place now. You can run without getting tired. You can probably run faster than me now. I want you to know that they did everything they could to bring you back, but God reached out and took you to where you'll be in no pain. Say hi to everyone for me up there, and I'll say hi to everyone down here for you. This is so hard, Chase. I don't know what to do. I can't tell you how many tears I've shed for you. Probably almost enough to fill an ocean. But when we settle into this, that ocean will be filled with the best memories I could ever ask for. Thank you for every ball game you went to. I can't wait till you can watch me play a game up in heaven. I play for you, buddy. I play for you. You are my inspiration. I don't want to be an only child. I want you here beside me. But instead, I have you in a closer place, my heart. I love you. I'll never forget you. Please don't forget me. Thank you for teaching us to all live like we're dying. We're going to try to get wristbands made for you that say that. And we're going to give them to everyone and everything. I can say it a million times. I love you. Your sister, Carly. P.S. Don't beat up too many people in basketball. Remember, man-to-man defense is the best. Only go into zone if you're ahead by a lot. Love, Carly. If you listened to my first episode, you heard what I said at the end, and I plan to do this every time. If there's one thing that I could tell anybody about grief is we always focus on the day they passed and how much time it's been since they left us. But just remember, the further you get away from the point that they left us, the closer we get to seeing them again. Every day that passes is one day closer to seeing our loved one again. And next time you're struggling and missing someone, just keep that in mind. And I hope that makes you feel a little bit better. Thank you all again for joining um, for another episode and look forward to sharing more stories with you soon.